great song that is, uh, Praise Our Lord. And let's see if we remember from last week uh, our, our anthem or, or our call. He is risen. Amen. Our God is alive. He's saved us. He's blessed us. He's, he leads us on, and we get to worship Him today. Thank you for singing out to our God. Thank you for praising Him, being here, and glorifying Him. We've worshiped Him at the, at the table. We've rehearsed the gospel. We've uh, talked about it in song. Now let's open up the Word of God. Would you pray for me? Pray with me. Pray for me uh, uh, again. Uh, Lord God Almighty, we, uh, we thank you for uh, your message that goes forth. We thank you for the gospel that comes uh, it came to us and it goes out into the world. Thank you for the message of salvation. Thank you for the message of rescue and deliverance. And thank you for saving us. Lord God Almighty, we ask as we open up your word and we, we uh, study it, we look into it, we hear your word that you would uh, you'd speak, Lord. Uh, give, give me grace. And yeah, I, I do pray for myself, Lord. I pray that you give me the, the words that uh, you want me to say, the, the truth that you want me to, to speak, and, and that uh, the things that I say would be glorifying to you and honoring to you. May it be your word that goes forth, and may we be changed by it. Love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, uh, before Palm Sunday and Easter came along, we were studying uh, the life of the Apostle Paul, really. We spent a lot of weeks talking about his journey, his epic life. Remember his, his uh, kind of his story, um, amazing story, how he was this, this, just this brilliant intellect, this rabbi, this, this massive mind. Uh, he was really uh, growing in his, in his knowledge of the Lord, he, knowledge of the Word of God, the Torah. He, uh, he was just this spectacular shooting star, as it were, rising in Judaism in, in Jerusalem. He, he had this, uh, it was the tra- tra- trajectory to be this great Pharisee, this great rabbi, this great teacher. And uh, he, he, he went down a road, however, that was opposed to God. He thought he was serving God, he thought he was pursuing God and honoring God and glorifying God, living for God, and yet he started attacking the church. He started uh, pursuing Christians uh, to, to their death even. And uh, it was, it was this, this massive journey. He thought he was on this, this, this road to glory, um, stomping out this, this cult, as it were. But then he met Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to him on the Damascus Road. Remember how it was just a stunning moment. An, an amazing moment, light and blindness and conversion. Uh, he was baptized uh, a few days later in, in Damascus. Uh, but God said to Ananias, God spoke to, uh, to Ananias about, about, uh, about the Apostle Paul. He's going to be my chosen witness. My, he's going to be my, my, my man I'm going to send to the Gentiles, to kings, to all the Jews. It, it, he was sent to preach the gospel. Uh, now, what, what is the gospel? Uh, a month ago, we, we, we looked at the Apostle Paul and Barnabas. They're in the city of Antioch in Syria. And they, they were part of this church, and it was a growing church, and the gospel was going forth. They were teaching. And, and then God said, set, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul uh, on a mission. To do what? To preach the gospel. Proclaim the gospel. Share the gospel. And uh, what, what is the gospel? The, uh, I think it was three weeks ago, if, if my memory serves, we, we were uh, talking about the Apostle Paul in another Antioch, another city of Antioch, but in Pisidia, in uh, what's really in the area of southern Galatia, the province of Pisidia, but the area of southern Galatia, right in the middle of Turkey, modern-day Turkey. And uh, the sermon we looked at, we're going to look at today, uh, what, is, what does he do 
in that sermon? Well, he shares the gospel. He proclaims the gospel. He preaches the gospel. But it occurred to me um, in that, that sermon, we spent so much time on it that I never got around to talking about what is the gospel. <laughs> uh, we as, as believers, we carry on in the lineage of Jesus Christ. We carry on in, in the heritage of our forefathers, our, our, Christians, our Christian forefathers and, 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 and the mothers of the faith that uh, lived in many different places, many centuries uh, of heritage and history, uh, preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel. Uh, living a life of gospel witness. But uh, it might, might be hard for us in, in this day and age as we move farther away from Christianity, as it were. It seems like uh, in our day and age, in America at least, Christianity is becoming a rarer, rarer faith. Uh, what, what is the gospel? We might, might, might even, John, you're always talking about let's share the gospel, let's go and share our faith. What, what is the gospel? So let's just look at it today. Let's, let's dive into it. And uh, study it a little bit more because maybe we don't know what it is. And we, we, need, we need to know what it is so we can share it to God's glory. So please uh, turn in your Bibles again to Acts chapter 13. And as Luke said, uh, we, have, we have been vegetables this week. Kind of, I, 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 I'm using notes today. Uh, I don't usually use notes, but I, I, I tried to put it together last night and like, I need to type this out, man. Because uh, the, the mind just isn't working. Uh, but uh, Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 13, we're going to start in verse 26. Uh, we're, we're in the midst of a, a sermon, uh, a ser- uh, today is a sermon on a sermon, a uh, sermon in, in this, this synagogue. Remember, a synagogue was a meeting place for the Jews, they meet on the Sabbath, and uh, time to come to worship, to hear, hear the, 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 the word of God proclaimed, and to apply it and study it and apply it to your life, and... Uh, so we, we catch him in the middle of this sermon in verse 26. He's kind of getting to the point. He's kind of coming to a head. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of the salvation. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him, speaking of Jesus, they did not recognize him or understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. So the people in Jerusalem, they fulfilled the prophecies of Scripture by killing Jesus, condemning Jesus. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people." And we bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as it is also written in the second psalm. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. So pause there, and you can see the flow of action. He's speaking of Jesus. He's been speaking of the Lord Jesus to this point, bringing it to to people who hadn't heard of Jesus before. Bringing this message of Jesus, what happened to Jesus, what Jesus accomplished to a people who weren't familiar with Jesus. Uh, and, and so he starts in, in verse 26. He says, this is what I've been brought to you for. To bring a message of salvation. The message of salvation. When we talk about the gospel, 
that uh, we sang a song about it, and it has broad application. It's a word that has many nuances, many, many different ways of, of being applied in different places. But the first thing when we talk about what is the gospel, it's a message from God. It's a message from God for people. Okay? Uh, we, we, sometimes we, we think about the gospel in such deep and rich and, and, and subtle terms that we forget how basic it is. It's a word from God for us. It's a message from heaven for us. Uh, the way that the Apostle Paul uh, says it here, it's, uh, it's this message of salvation. I'm bringing you a message of salvation. Uh, so he's talking to a lot of the people in a the synagogue. They are people who fear God. Uh, there's the Gentiles that are there, maybe a minority of, of Gentiles, non-Jews, who are God-fearers. They're, they're kind of practicing the Jewish faith without being converts. But the majority of the people in that synagogue are faithful Jewish men who are trying to follow the Torah, trying to follow the law, trying to obey God. And he brings this, this, this word to them. If you keep reading through, the, through chapter 13 and 14, you see, it's the word of the Lord. It's the word of God. It's a word of grace. It's, it's a word of salvation to the people. The gospel is a message from God. The gospel, if you're taking notes like I had to this morning, uh, the gospel is God's word on how to be saved. It's God's word. It's God's message. It's God's communication. It's not something we make up. It's not something that we, you know, the intellect of people put together and said, hey, we got this message for the world. No, it, it's a heavenly message that's brought through his saints, brought through his people, spoken to us through his word, uh, brought to us by the spirit of God. But the gospel is God's word on how to be saved. Okay. Uh, those to us has been sent this message of this salvation. And, and the, uh, the, the word, as, he, as we, we read it here and as we listen to it, he goes into um, what Jesus did to bring about salvation. So uh, the, the, the third thing, if, if you're taking notes, the gospel is about Jesus and his saving work. Okay, it's a divine message about how to be saved, but the object, the subject even, of the gospel is Jesus Christ. Jesus and what he did to save us. Uh, there, there's, uh, there's, there's broad understandings of the gospel and there's narrow understandings of the gospel. In this passage we read, there's, there's a broad teaching here, but, but notice what uh, has, has been communicated. Uh, the prophets spoke of Jesus... And then Jesus came. Uh, through him, uh, uh, verse 28, they, they, they executed, executed him. The word, the message that is always communicated uh, when the gospel is, is preached is that Jesus came and he died. He, he, he died. He was executed unfairly, of course, unjustly, but uh, God's plan was being fulfilled. He is the Messiah. He's the Lord. He's the Savior, but he came to die. And what it talks about here is not only did he die, but he was laid in a tomb 
we, we rehearsed the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, he, he died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried, and he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Okay, so in here, we have the same message. He died. Uh, he was laid in the tomb. He was raised from the dead, verse 30. And then he appeared to many people in Jerusalem. Many witnesses saw him. And we, we come to verse 32, and we bring you, again, what, what, is the, what is the gospel? We bring you the good news. Gospel means good news, but it's the message of God that is good news. It's a good news message. We bring you the good news, verse 32, about what God has promised to the fathers. This is, he, this is what he's fulfilled, and this is what I mean by a broad application of the gospel. If you remember from three weeks ago, ancient history, I know, and maybe you weren't even here, but uh, in, in Paul's presentation to these Jewish men, mostly Jewish men, he recited the history of Israel, of God sending saviors. Again and again, starting with, with Abraham and, and, and Moses and, and uh, the, the, the judges, Samuel, Saul the king, David the king, Israel again and again, even though they're given, blessed by God, made God's people. Again and again, they rebelled against God. They, 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 they ran away from God. They sinned against God, disobeying the Torah and following idols. They got into trouble, consequences of sin, but God sent saviors again and again and again, finally culminating in King David, the king of Israel. And when his kingdom came, it was a glorious kingdom. It was a massive kingdom. It was an incredible kingdom. But God made to David great promises. I don't know if you remember in the sermon that he preached Made, made great promises to David. And what were those promises? That one day a king would come who would be an eternal king, a king who would sit on David's throne forever, the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ. And so here in this passage, uh, the Apostle Paul is, is, is bringing about the big good news, as it were. In Jesus Christ has come that king. In Jesus Christ has come the king who's bringing the kingdom of God into the world. And, and Paul's announcing it. Like, yeah, he, he, the people in Jerusalem didn't recognize their Messiah. They, did, they, didn't, they didn't remember the prophecies that they rehearsed in their worship every week. But he came and, and he died, but he rose again. And, he, and he's alive and he's the king who's bringing God's promises forth. The, the good news, the kingdom of God has begun in Jesus Christ. The king has come to reign over his world and, and and there's, there's a lot of theology we could go into and talk about uh, along those lines that, that's rather deep and difficult to understand sometimes, but it's been inaugurated. The kingdom has started, as it were. We're still waiting for it to come. We're still waiting for the king, and that's, that's the news of Jesus Christ coming back. One day the king is going to establish his kingdom upon the earth, uh, and it's going to be physical and tangible, and you're going to see it. But, but Paul says, hey, that's the good news. I bring you good news. The, the, gospels, the gospel, it, it's about the good news, the message that God's king has come into the world. God's king is going to reign over the world. God is victorious. But, but it's deeper than that. It's, uh, it's more incredible than that, if that's not incredible enough. We've said that uh, it's God's word on how to be saved. The gospel is... God's word on how to be saved. And so, so we see here uh, this idea that Jesus died for us uh, and that he was raised from the dead on the third day. What, what, 
going on there? What's happening there? Uh, Luke, in his presentation of, of the sermon, he doesn't mention the atonement. He doesn't mention the significance of Jesus' death. But the other gospel writers do, and, and Paul in his epistles uh, does as well. That Jesus died for our sins. He died as a sacrifice on our behalf. He died as a substitute to pay off our debt. He shed his blood on that cross in our place so that we wouldn't have to. Punished for us so that we wouldn't have to be punished for our sins. Uh, his death, his resurrection is declared as a rescue for sinners. The message that Jesus did what we could never do for ourselves, uh, save, save us. Uh, he, he took our punishment. He took, our, took the wrath of God. He took our place so that we could be forgiven. Uh, the gospel, therefore, is a message from God. It's a message about God's, from, from God's word, his holy word, from heaven, a message about how to be saved. We are saved by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. We are saved by placing our trust in Jesus Christ. Gospel is about Jesus and his saving work. And so sometimes we, we get, uh, we get uh, maybe mixed up or messed up or, it's, or when we try to share, we, we make it into maybe a formula or we make it into this long list of things that we have to talk about. But when you share the gospel, we talk primarily about Jesus died to save you from your sins. He died to rescue you from the wrath of God. He paid it all. He gave his life so that we wouldn't have to die. He's a divine sacrifice for us, an atoning sacrifice for us. The, the gospel it, if you jump down to verse 38 with me, uh, he continues on the sermon. He spends some time talking about, uh, about the fulfillment of prophecy, about how Jesus, David didn't rise from the dead. David's body still met corruption, but Jesus rose from the dead. And so we know that the Psalms and some of the prophecies were speaking of Jesus and not of David. But look at verse, verse 38. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest what has been said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I am doing a work in your day, a work that you will not believe even if no one tells it to you. And, and, and just pause right there. Uh, the gospel is about God's it's God's word about how to be saved. The, the gospel is about Jesus and his saving work, his death, his burial, his resurrection. The gospel is about how to be saved from sin. About how to be saved from sin. In, in verse 38, notice the, the proclamation. Again, the gospel is a message. The gospel is a word of God. It's the proclamation of God. Let it be known for you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. It's a proclamation. It's the word of the Lord. It's, it's the word of God about what? About how to be forgiven. 
about how to be saved from sin, about how to be delivered from sin. The, uh, the problem that we have before God is our sins. The issue that we have that separates us from God is our sin. The distance that we experience from God is due to our sin. The, re- the, the outcome of our rebellion against God, sin, is, is so many things. And, and let me give you a short summary. Sin is anything we say, do, or think that is outside of God's will. Sin is when we know the will of God and we don't do it. Or sin is when we know what God has said not to do and we do it. Sin is evil. Sin is not following God's will. So this is the message. The gospel tells us, well, how do I deal with my sin? How do I be saved from my sin? And so in verse 38, it says, let me tell you, let me share the gospel with you. Here's the good news. Here's the word of God. I have forgiveness of sins for you. I have the message about the forgiveness of sins. The gospel tells us how to be forgiven. Uh, If you look at verse 39, to everyone who believes is freed. Uh, The gospel tells the problem, but it also gives the solution. Uh, Whenever we have a problem with God, our our sin problem with God, we, we tend to go to places like, well, I can fix that. I, I can go to religion. I can, I can maybe work harder. I can become a better person. Or maybe we go to our, our lineage. I, I come from a godly family. I, I grew up in a certain religious uh, household. Certainly, I'm good to go. I, I, I'm, I'm righteous enough. I'm, I'm good enough. Or, or I, I'm going to do enough to get better. But the gospel says that our, our problem of sin can only be fixed through belief in Jesus Christ. The problem is our evil, our track record, our our long list of wrongdoings against God and against people. The solution is Jesus Christ, to believe in Jesus Christ. Notice uh, he says, everyone who believes is freed. Some of your translations say that everyone who believes is justified. When you believe in Jesus Christ, when you trust in Him, you are declared righteous by God. You're declared righteous by God, and you experience forgiveness of sins. Now, now some people say, just believe in Jesus? Just believe in Jesus? What, 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 do, you, what do you mean? Like, I can just say, yeah, I kind of believe that Jesus was a guy who lived. I kind of believe that Jesus was a guy who, who, who died and who rose again, and I, I think that, I believe that Jesus, you know, somehow he paid for my sins. Just kind of this, this, this general kind of belief. But the biblical idea of belief is deeper than that. It's uh, the idea of depending on Jesus. Depending on Jesus. 
that uh, uh, in, in our world today, there's a lot of people that believe in Jesus. And maybe you've believed in Jesus, but you've never depended on Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. What it means is, is that you're putting all of your trust in Him, that He paid the price. You're not saying, well, I'm doing a lot of good works. I, I'm a really good person. I, I'm really a stellar man in a lot of ways. Yeah, I sin, so I'm going to depend on my goodness, plus I'm going to depend on Jesus. No, it's to believe in Jesus, a saving belief in Jesus, is depend on Him alone. That it's not Jesus plus this, Jesus plus religion, Jesus plus my good works, Jesus plus anything. To believe in Jesus is to depend on Him alone for salvation. Because only He paid for my sins. Only He died on the cross. Only He took the wrath of God. Only He was judged. Only He was condemned. Only He was killed. He paid it all. And so to believe in Jesus is to depend on Jesus solely for salvation. The gospel is about how to be saved from sin. The gospel tells us the solution for sin. The gospel is God's invitation to be saved. Uh, the, the way it's phrased here, the way it's put together here is in verse 38... Forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. I have a message from God. I have a, 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 a word from God. He says that you can be forgiven of your sins. And the congregation's probably saying, how? How am I forgiven of my, of my sins? And Paul says, everyone who believes in Jesus is forgiven of their sins. Who depends on Jesus is forgiven of their sins. Everyone who trusts in Him, is justified, is free from guilt, free from condemnation, free from death, free from punishment, free from the justice that you deserve because Jesus already paid it all. And it's an invitation. In verse 41... In verse 40, rather, it says, Beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. So he quotes from Habakkuk, and it's a deep, it's a deep argument. In Habakkuk, remember, I don't know if you remember, if you've ever read the book, but in Habakkuk, God, the nation's in turmoil. It's in, the nation's living in evil. The, the, the nation of Israel, like, people are ripping each other off. They're stealing from each other. They're taking advantage of the poor. They're taking advantage of the widows and orphans, and it's just a mess. And Habakkuk says, what are you going to do, God? And, and God says, I'm going to send the Babylonians to destroy Israel. And what? It's like, whoa, no way. And basically the, the argument is, if you're going to act like unbelievers, I'm going to judge you as unbelievers, and I'm going to send the unbelieving unbelievers to destroy you. So he has this, this quote, he says, Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I'm doing a work in your day, a work that you will not believe, even no one tells you. And it's the, 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 base, the bottom line is it's a warning. If you ignore my salvation, if you ignore what I provided for you, if you don't turn to and trust in what I've given, you're going to die. And so it's part of the invitation. The gospel is about how to be saved from sin. Your sin, my sin, how to be saved from your wickedness, how to be saved from guilt, how to be saved from condemnation, how to be saved from punishment and judgment, 
how to be saved from hell. The gospel tells us how to be saved. It tells us that there's a solution for sin, and his name is Jesus Christ. It tells us that we depend on Jesus and Jesus alone to be saved. He's the only solution, and there's an invitation. Once you hear the gospel, once you hear the message from God that says, you need Jesus, and you need Jesus alone. You need to trust in Jesus as your Savior alone. You need to trust in him fully and completely. Depend on him and him alone. Won't you come to Jesus? Won't you trust in him? Won't you believe in him? Won't you hold on to him? Won't you take him as your Lord and Savior? Because if you don't, there's no other solution. There's no other rescue. There's no other deliverance. If you don't believe my salvation, in other words, verse 40 and 41, perish and die. There's no other way. What we've talked about so far. The gospel is a message from God. The gospel is God's word on how to be saved. The gospel message is about Jesus and his saving work. The gospel is how to be saved from sin. The gospel is God's message about the solution to our sin problem, Jesus Christ. The gospel is an invitation. All may come. Everyone should come. Nobody should turn away from Jesus. Nobody should depend on anything else other than Jesus Christ. Now, the gospel, I mean, the, the, the formulas that we have, they, they all incorporate those things. And sometimes we try to get certain ways of saying it that narrow it down, that make it tight, make it communicable, right? And, and that's fine. As long as you bring up Jesus, as long as you bring up the idea that they have a problem with sin, as long as you bring up the idea that God has provided Jesus as a solution to that problem of sin, as long as you invite them to trust in Jesus as their Savior. Uh, the, the gospel is, is glorious and it's wonderful. And I can't, I can't, I can't I express how awesome God is for sending us a gospel. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? Isn't it, isn't it wild? Like, he takes the time to care for us. He has written a whole book with many nuances and layers and threads interwoven together that brings the gospel to us. He's, he's taken the, his the heart to love us so that he wants us to be saved. He wants us to be rescued. He doesn't want us to go to death. He doesn't want us to be found in hell. He sends a gospel to us for our good. And, and what, what a great God we have. What, what, but the point being, man, if you, if you know what the gospel is and you haven't responded to it, you're in trouble. If you know that the gospel is about Jesus and his death and his resurrection as a solution for you, as, as a rescue for you, as, as, a, as a deliverance for you, and you haven't, Turn to Jesus as your Savior and Lord. You're in trouble. Why won't you? Why won't you believe? Why won't you depend on him? Why won't you trust in him? The urgency of the gospel is that you need to. There's no other way. The call of the gospel is to believe on Jesus Christ and be saved. 
Now, let me take you a little bit further in some of the outplay of this. Uh, there, there, Luke records uh, the response to the gospel message, and it's rather fascinating. And um, I won't go too far and too long today, but I did want to point some things out to you. What do we believe about the gospel? The gospel is what we talked about, but what do we believe about it? What, what, how do we live it? How do we use it? What, what, what's the, what's the, the consequence or the implications of it? Look at verse 42. He's, uh, he's preached the sermon, the synagogue service is over. And so as they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. <laughs> I, I've never had anybody beg me to preach the same sermon again. But they did for the Apostle Paul. Please talk about this again next Sabbath. Next time we gather, please talk about these things again. And after meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas. You know, just asking questions and, oh, what about this? What about that? And as they spoke with them, Paul and Barnabas urged them to continue in the grace of God. So some people apparently received the gospel, trusted in Jesus, were saved. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And so, and so the next Sabbath, man, word got out, hey, there's a, there's a solution to my sin problem. There's this preacher who came, this rabbi who came, who told me how I could be forgiven my sins. You should come too. And now, now the whole city, mostly Gentile, comes out. And they want to hear a word of God. They want to hear preaching. And when that happened, unfortunately, maybe the, 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 some of the leadership in the synagogue, man, they, they, they weren't sure about Jesus being the Messiah. They weren't sure about him being the Lord. And so they struggled. When they saw the crowds, there was envy and greed and, uh, you know, Jealousy that took over, and so they, they started to abuse the Apostle Paul. They started to um, contradict his words, to say he's not speaking what's right. Verse 46, and then Paul Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It's necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first. If you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made... You alight for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying God. Man, how, how special is that? God cares about us. God cares about our needs. God cares about our lives. God, God has sent a, a messenger to us. And many, as many who were appointed to eternal life believed. What, what a great moment. The, the people that God, the elect that were chosen before the creation of the, wor the world, when they heard the gospel, they believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading through the whole region, but the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of the district. They shook off the dust from their feet again and went to Iconium. The disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. The, the, the picture of them shaking off the dust of their feet uh, the, the Jewish people, when they went to Gentile lands and they came back into, into Israel, they would uh, symbolically shake the dust off their feet to say, uh, the contamination of false religion, we don't want it here. Let's, let's get rid of it. Let's get it out of our minds. Let's get it out, out of our bodies. Let's, let's move it from our clothes. And so the, the symbolism of the, the Christians shaking the dust off their feet uh, uh, with some of the Jewish synagogue leadership uh, rejecting them was a picture in some of the abuse they took was a picture of uh, we've shared the gospel 
And it's, it's a warning to them that if you reject the gospel, you're, you're in trouble. The disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. What, what do we say about some of these things? There's, there's several points I want to make about what's going on here. First of all is that the gospel is for everyone. The gospel is for everyone, everywhere. There, there's nobody that the gospel isn't meant for. In the context here, he's, pre- he's preaching the Jewish people. The gospel is for Jewish people, that the Messiah has come, that the Lord has come. The promises of God to Israel have been fulfilled, and they will be fulfilled. Every last one of them, starting with Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, it's for the Jews, and it's for the Gentiles. It's for all the nationalities of the world. God's love is so great. God's love is so incredible. God doesn't want anyone to perish, but all come to repentance, 2 Peter 3.9. Man, God wants all to be saved. He wants all to come to the knowledge of the truth, 1 Timothy 2, verses 3 through 4. Man, the gospel is for everyone, everywhere. God's love is so great, he doesn't want anyone to die. He doesn't want anybody to face the judgment. He doesn't want anybody to face the wrath of God against sin. It's for everyone. And, and that quote from Isaiah 49 in verse, in verse 47, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, uh, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. First of all, that was applied to Jesus Christ, right? the, the servant. He was a light not just to the Jewish people, but to the Gentiles. And now it's applied to us, to the ends of the earth. Remember how the gospel started, the the book of Acts started off. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And and it's quoted here again. This is a theme that Luke wants us to know. It's for everyone, everywhere. Everybody needs to hear the gospel about how to be forgiven of sin, how to be saved, how to be rescued. Uh, There's, and the, the radical part about this is that uh, the urgency of the gospel, the necessity of the gospel being shared. Again, the gospel is a message, a message from God for the world. Uh, people don't know the gospel until they hear it. People don't know the gospel until it's spoken to them or it's sent in a written form to them. There's an urgency because in, in, if they don't know if they're under the wrath of God for their sins, if they don't know they're going to be punished for their sins, if they don't know that they're going to be facing judgment for the wickedness that they've done, then they die without any hope. They head to a Christless eternity without the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, without responding to it and believing it and depending on Jesus. If they don't hear it, they're in trouble. So there's, it's for everyone, but there's an urgency today. There's still hundreds of millions of people who haven't yet heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the scary part for us is, even our local area, even in our community, there's people who have never heard about Jesus being the Savior. They've never been approached and never been talked about about the seriousness of their sins and how the wages of sin is death. And there's a solution. They don't know that they have a problem. They don't know there's a solution. And that's our, our calling, the urgency of it. Uh, what, what we see here, if, if you continue, um, just reading with me a little bit farther, chapter 14, verses 1 through 7, I, w- I wanted to bring something else up. And it comes out a little stronger here. Now, uh, they, they left. Remember, they were kicked out of Pisidian Antioch. Um, at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such, a, in such a way, they went to Iconium. It's a, it's a town about 90 miles to the, to the east, 
still central Turkey, still the, the region of Galatia, to which the Apostle Paul wrote his letter to Galatia, the Galatians' letter to. He, he went there and he spoke in such a way that, that in the synagogue that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. Okay, there's God-fearers there and the, and the Jewish people there. They believed that Jesus was the Messiah. They believed that Jesus was the solution to their sin problem. They heard the message. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their mind against the brothers. They slandered them. They, they, they tried to turn them away from the truth. So they remained for a long time boldly for the Lord. They remained a long time in the midst of persecution, in the midst of trouble, speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Wow. So, so there's a couple things there about the, the, the gospel going forth, uh, some, a consequence of, for us, uh, an understanding for us who are now entrusted with the gospel. See, now we're entrusted in this day and age for our neighbors, for our communities, for our friends. We've been entrusted with the message We've been trusted with the word of the Lord. We've been trusted with the word of God, the word of grace to the people around us. We should do our utmost to bring the gospel to people. We should work very hard at being sharers of the gospel, communicators of the gospel, teachers of the gospel, proclaimers of the gospel, preachers of the gospel. And this is the mission of the church. This is our calling from the Lord. You'll be my witnesses. You'll be my ambassadors. You'll be my, my ambassadors. You'll be my servants. You'll be my, my proclaimers. But we don't go it out alone. I, I mean, the, the, the work that they put into this. Remember, and you can write down 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. The Apostle Paul uh, to, to the church of Corinth, he says, I, I work hard to win them. I work hard to win them. I work hard to win them. In another context, the, the biblical language, to catch people, as it were. To, 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 we go fishing for people, to bring them into God's nets. We work hard. We, we, we try. We become all things to all people to see some people saved. And so here, they, they, for a long time, how long do they put up with the persecution? How long do they put up with the attacks? While they're preaching the gospel, while they're sharing the gospel, they, they keep going. But on the other hand, they're not alone. Because it says here that God did attesting miracles as they preached the gospel. And that, that's rather exciting for me uh, to think about. Maybe it should be for you too. So they remained a long time speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace. In other words, God, as they shared the gospel, God supported the word of his grace, supported the message of the gospel, supported the message of salvation by granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Wow. God was working as they tried to persuade people to trust in Jesus, as they tried to convince people to trust in Jesus. From the human side of things, working hard, doing all they could, God's at work underlying their work and saying, that's true, by giving miracles and signs from their hands. Now, now I can't predict that for you. I can't predict that for me. God, sovereign God, is going to do what he's going to do. But God's at work in the sharing of the message from heaven. God wants people to believe the message of salvation comes through Jesus Christ, is found in Jesus Christ, and he supports it. We should work hard at sharing the gospel because God's hard at work. You know, the Holy Spirit goes before us convicting people of sin. God is at work in the proclamation, in other words. Uh, what we see here is that uh, uh, just a few more things before the worship team comes. Uh, 
people are responsible for their response to the gospel. People are responsible for their response to the gospel. You, you see how when, when they, they, they started speaking that second Sabbath, and, and people started to revile the gospel, and people afterwards persecuted them, pushed them out of town, uh, threatened them, and, and if you keep reading in chapter 14, they get threatened with being stoned you know, for, for the gospel. So people are rejecting the gospel. Uh, we as servants of the gospel, as the messengers, bringing the message from heaven to people, bringing the message of salvation to people, of deliverance from sin and rescue, the solution of sin to people, we should never think that we save anybody. We, we should never think that, that we're responsible for their salvation. We're the, the ones who just are called to sow the seed, as it were. We're the ones who, who take the gospel and bring it to people and, and, and say, this is from God. God wants you to know a message. God wants you to know how to be saved. God wants you to know about Jesus Christ, the solution to your sin problem, the Savior, the rescuer. But then they have to decide. It's their decision. And even here today, as you've, heard, as you've heard the gospel, only you can decide whether to depend on Jesus or not. Only you can, can say, yeah, I believe he's the Messiah, or he's not. It's not on us as the distributors of the gospel, as the messengers of the gospel, as the sharers of the word of grace. It's their decision. And yet, it's a real decision. It's, it's a true decision. It's a responsible decision. We, we see that there, there's something on the other side of things, that from eternity past, God has chosen those who will be saved. Uh, the clear word of predestination there, the clear, clear word of, of God electing people to salvation. Uh, it, it, there, there's this radical, uh, I don't know if it's, if it's a paradox or anthony, I don't know what, what you want to call it, but the word of God teaches both. God has elected people from eternity past to be saved. And at the same time, we are called to make a real decision, to have a real choice, to believe. How they go together, I don't know, but they're both there. And so that encourages us to believe that even when we are rejected again and again, we shouldn't be surprised by being rejected when we share the gospel. Or people say, no, I don't believe that. We shouldn't be surprised by that at all because it's going to happen again and again. And yet, we share the gospel with the knowledge and belief that some will believe. It's an encouragement to us. It's a blessing to us to know that there are going to be those who will say yes to the gospel. And so we keep going, believing and trusting that God, sovereign God, will save. But it's people's decision whether to be saved or not. What I see in this passage that's probably most important, uh, not most important, but what really the big theme from, from through chapter 14, verse 7, and even to the end of the chapter, is that no matter what, we should be like Barnabas and, and Paul, Paul and Barnabas, that we keep sharing the message. The message that God has given us, he wants that to be shared again and again and again, even if we're struck down, even if we're laughed at, even if we're ignored, even if we're rejected again and again and again. We're called to bring the message of God to people. We don't stop. We keep going. The uh, verse 7 there, uh, chapter 14, 
And there they continued to preach the gospel. There, after they left uh, Iconium, they went to Lystra and Derby. After they had run for their lives at an Iconium, they went to the next place. And there they continued to preach the gospel. It's something we don't stop doing. Worship team, would you please come? The gospel is a message from God. The gospel is God's word on how to be saved. The gospel is about Jesus and his saving work. The gospel is how to be saved from sin. The gospel is the solution. It tells us the solution to our sin problem. The gospel is God's invitation, his word to be saved. And we are his messengers. Let's keep sharing and preaching the gospel. To his glory, amen? To his praise. So that people will be saved. So the lives we save for eternity. Let us be bearers, witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ.